ladies and gentlemen. Hello, and thanks for uh, being with me today. This is the acquisition entrepreneur, Alex Afondi. Uh, first off, I want to say uh, thank you for following me. As of uh, this afternoon, my podcast had a total of 384 reviews or listens. Is that what they call them? Listens now? Impressions? <laughs> Whatever the case might be. I'm not a social media expert by any means, but uh, excited, you guys. Thank you so much. And I also want to say sorry for my, uh, you know, somber tone over the past couple of episodes. But my gosh, man, I was so affected by Kobe Bryant's death. And, you know, I'm sure if he was with me here, with me here in the room, he would say cheer up. So uh, here I am cheering up. All right. So today we're going to talk about due diligence. What is due diligence? Due diligence is the process which you carry out a complete research and analysis, really that's the proper word, analysis of the business. So you're buying a business, you make an offer, and that offer is contingent upon a few things. Could be renegotiation of the lease, it could be uh, due diligence, obviously it's got to be due diligence, uh, could be uh, bank's approval, whatever the case might be. But due diligence is just about the most important thing in this process. Now, uh, part of the due diligence is obviously going to the establishment, going, getting to know the, uh, the the owner, getting to know maybe high level, get to know the employees. You can't really get to know them because they're not supposed to know. Sorry for that. They're not supposed to know that you're buying the business, but you get the idea. Uh, but in terms of the financials, what happens with small businesses is that the majority of the owners, and I'm talking like 99.99% of owners, put their personal expenses on the business. So that includes cars, cell phones, gas, um, quote-unquote uniform, you know, a.k.a. a suit, and in addition to travel or what have you, right? There's a lot of creative ways in which business owners, especially small business owners, use to essentially inflate their expenses and show no profit. Now, you know, the IRS is no dummy, right? They know, but they also know that this stimulates the economy because, you know, when you want to reduce your taxes, you're like, you know what? I kind of want a G-Wagon. I'm going to go buy a G-Wagon. So now you got an $800 payment on the business um, and they get away with it. It's actually legal. It's not illegal, but it's probably frowned upon, frowned upon if they know about it. So, well, how do you determine, gosh, like, okay, so this is confusing. If the owner leaves, all of their expenses go back to the business. So assume a business shows $20,000 in profit 
on their tax return. Right? Fair and square. But the owner has what they call, what they claim to be addbacks. Right? So, okay, well, Tom, what are the addbacks? The addbacks are a total of $80,000. And this isn't far-fetched, by the way. To you, this might sound absolute absurdity that they would put $80,000 of expenses on the business a year. But to tell you this is more than common would be an understatement. So your job is to figure out where this $80,000 will come from to be in your business going forward. This is a side note, and I'm going to interrupt myself here, but I, I almost do that on purpose because I want you to pay attention to something very specific here. The majority of owners will try to sell you, guess what? the potential of the business. And had I not quit cursing on this podcast, you would hear some very colorful language. But absolutely not. No, man. No, sir. I'm not buying the potential. I'm buying the historical data of the business, plus maybe some inventory, plus maybe some goodwill, at a decent multiple. But most owners and brokers will tell you, well, you know, Alex, my business is worth a million dollars because look where it is. Look at the potential. So your argument's very simple. And your negotiation tactic should be as follows. Well, you know, Mr. Seller, I can appreciate, you know, if you're buying a home, you typically would buy it based on two things, the condition and the location. Now, I respect your location is hot. I get that. And that's why the rent is $18,000 a month. So that's kind of irrelevant because I'm going to have to pay that rent going forward. But in terms of the uh, price, uh, you have to understand something that that potential and in order for me to reach it, I have to invest time, money, and effort on a lot of risk. You know, if I was in fact earning a quarter million dollars a year, that'd be a different conversation, but it's not, it's only earning 70. You get the picture. And in any negotiation, the person who's going to win is the person who is willing to walk away and mean it. You've got to be able to walk away as, as attractive as the business might be. could be a sports car dealership and all you've wanted to do all your life is just to sit amongst exotic cars. I don't care, dude. Don't, don't overpay. You know? could be, I don't know, could be a flight school. could be, could be something, could be a modeling agency and all you've wanted to do all your life is be around models. I don't know, whatever the case might be. Don't overpay. Walk away if you have to. Oh, I like that. Don't overpay. Walk away. Now, let's go back to the due diligence. So your job is to find out where that $80,000 is going to come from, from, I mean, when you take over. Because remember, a lot of you will have equity investors. And when it comes to having equity investors, you've got to pay them fair and square. So 
you can't really put personal expenses on the business going forward like the previous owners have. Now, should you have a trusting relationship with the investor and should you put, and I'm just going to put a whole number here, should you put a $1,000 car payment on the business to reduce the tax liability? Well, that tax liability reduction is beneficial to you and the investor. Wait, 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 wait. What? What do you mean, Alex? You're, this is nonsense. It might sound like it. But again, not if you have a close relationship with the investor because all you got to say is like, look, bud, um, I'm putting my personal car on the business. However, this reduces the tax liability by, say, $210 and that's something you and I can work out on the back end you know so assume they have a uh, assume assume you have a personal friend or a family friend or whatever but make sure you discuss that ahead of time right because this is this is key you guys you can't play with investors money this is very very crucial so um, I know I've gotten a little verbose here. Let's talk about the due diligence, financials, income statement, or what they call the PNL, uh, profit and losses statement. Um, well, if you go to a meeting and if, if this customer says PNL, and you look like a train just hit you because you don't know what that is, you've got to know that stuff. It's profit and loss statement. So. Let's just use whole numbers, right? So depending on the industry, the cost of goods sold, AKA the cost of services, can vary between, you know, the vast majority of them are 23 to 30%. So make sure you find out what that is, probably by your team member or uh, your dream team, if you will, or mastermind. Uh, or just a simple Google research or whatever the case might be, right? Just find out what that is. Uh, the owner should really give it to you. I don't see why they should. They shouldn't inflate it, but if they do, you know, you got to hold them accountable. So why is the cost of goods sold calculated first? It's because the sales minus the cost of goods sold, a.k.a. COTS is what they call it, gives you what's called the gross profit. Okay? So now, let's assume you're in the restaurant industry and you want to own a bar. So you bring in a million dollars in sales per year and you take out 30%. Right? If they have clean records, they should give you give you that, but just assume it's 30%. A million minus 30% is $700,000, right? So that is your gross profit, a.k.a., well, gross income or gross profit. Actually, I apologize. It is gross profit, not gross income. It is gross profit, and so now you're gross margin is 70%. Okay, you get the math. So you, you took out 30, you're left with 70. That is your gross margin. So now we're going to look at this as follows. You got $700,000 left. That's your gross profit. 
And if the business is a franchise, you got to take that out of the sales. That could be 5%, that could be 10%, whatever the case might be. Uh, and at that point, you have that $700,000. And then you take out the expenses. The major expense at that point, or I should say the expenses, would be the rent and labor. So you got three major categories. That is, cost of goods sold, right off the top, then labor, then rent. $700,000. Let's assume you're in downtown Los Angeles, your rent is crazy high, and it's uh, it amounts to $250 per year, so $25 a month. I'm sorry, $25,000 a month. So you're looking at... No, actually, 20, uh, I'm doing some mental math. It's it's a lot less than 25, but just say 250 a year. So 700 minus 250,000. You're looking at 450. Right? So you're left with 450. And then you take out the labor right now rent is going to be steady right rarely do you see rent that fluctuates it only fluctuates in case it is a what's called a percentage lease a percentage lease is an agreement between the landlord and the tenant the business you're buying that is that i will charge you seven percent of the sales that you bring in, or 12% or 15%, right? The majority are fixed. So now you took out 250, you're left with 450, and then now the labor. You're like, wow, dude, how do I even figure that out? That is probably the simplest thing ever because the majority of businesses, uh, so compliance around labor is very, very strict. So you got uh, ADP, which is a software, you have Paychex, which is another software, and that keeps things in order. Uh, it's a very, very sophisticated software most businesses use. And if they don't, run at this in this day and age, right? So your labor in this case, let's just assume is, so you're left with 450. Let's just assume your labor is 250, actually 200. Right? So you're left with two fifty thousand dollars. But then you've got to take out the expenses. And you might ask yourself, dude, you've already taken out the expenses. Cost of goods sold is an expense. It's really not, but you might think that. Uh Rent is an expense, that is true. Labor is an expense, absolutely. You know, by the way, labor can include your salary, that is the owner's salary, right? Um, and then the expenses. So that falls under what's called the operational expenses. That is phone. That That's where owners play a lot with their taxes. That is uh, phone, paper, paper clips, um, fuel, electricity, um, Fines, if you got any, um, broken chairs, 
broken equipment, travel expenses for the employees if you got a big sales staff, um, you name it, right? Uh, in this particular example, you know, it depends. I mean, I was looking at a business and I estimated the expenses to be three to four thousand dollars a month. So I just put four times twelve, forty-eight, and that's what I estimated it as because the taxes were all. I mean, the, the documents, the P and Ls were all over the place. So there was only one way for me to know, uh, which is estimated. You know, I looked at a month of expenses and I just basically averaged. You know, I inflated it a little bit to give myself a buffer. And then I said, all right, 4000 So that's going to depend, you know, on the industry. Uh, that's why industry knowledge is very important. Um, you know, automotive businesses have what's called uh, garage keepers insurance. Uh, restaurants have pretty high work comp insurance because uh you know because they're dealing with food and heat and hot water and this and that and slippery environments and whatever right uh knives uh you get the idea so out of this, this 250 then you're going to take out let's just say ten thousand dollars a month and just operational expenses so that puts you 250 minus 120 and we're going to 130 so 130 in profit, you can you can scale it back to 100 just to give yourself some buffer. And that should give you the net profit. And the hope is that it will match what the owner is telling you. If not, walk away. So things you can actually see documents for are, it well, is everything. But the major categories would be cost of goods sold. Why? Because they should have inventory software. And if they don't, run. Um, what else? Uh, you got rent. You know, there's lease agreements. They can't lie about that. They can't tell you it's 18 when it's actually 25, right? Uh, and then labor, which is taken out of the software directly, ADP is probably the most popular one. Another one is uh, paychecks. And if they don't have that one, run. Um, well, you don't have to run, but certainly don't pay Don't pay anything for that business. I mean, you, you got to pay something, but definitely not a legitimate operation, in my opinion. Uh, and then, you know, the operational expenses, and that should give you the profit. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but in case you missed it, if the business earns $85,000 and under per year, you only pay a multiple of one. Why? Because Alex said so. And why? Because you personally are worth at least $85,000 a month. Right? Your time is precious. And so that's, that's the logic behind it. You know, some people have this idea that if their business earns $10,000, they can still do a multiple of five. Why? Because it has potential. Oh, it's going to take you five years to recover your money. Well, $10,000 ain't much. You know, you're going to be able to make that in no time, aka a year. You get me? Like, there is a million and one reason why business owners say what they say and brokers say what they say because they want to maximize their 
potential, their profit, and they're just hoping for a, uh, wow, it's so hard not to curse, dude, um, not to use foul language on this podcast, but, um, you know, they're hoping for someone who's not familiar with the business to come buy it or, and, and overpay for it. It sucks, you know, it sucks that someone would put out that kind of energy and that kind of product out there, which is a business that's not worth as much as um, they're claiming it to be. So, so back to the rule, 85 and under, one multiple, you know, 1 to 140, you got to pay like a 1.5, uh, 250 and above, probably in the threes, actually twos, I apologize, two, and then 500 plus three multiple uh, or more. You know, it kind of depend, depend, depends on the industry. So a little recap, you guys. Sales, they should they should be able to substantiate that. That's the word I'm looking for, substantiate. Sales is a million. Cost of goods sold, 30%. That puts you at 300. You're left with 700. That's your gross income uh, with a gross margin of 70%. And then you take out the two major expenses, which are completely substantiated. Rent is one, another one's labor, and then you gotta make a, a very acute, and, and I, I didn't say cute, I said acute guess as to what the operational expenses are. And for my listeners overseas, acute means precise. You've got to be doing this with a lot of precision. Let me drink some tea. Woo! God bless Trader Joe's, man. I love that place. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, guys. Hope this was helpful. I trust it was. Mm. Email me. Say something. I know you're listening. Say something. I haven't heard uh, from you for a while. It's been a few podcasts ago that... Um, I haven't heard from you. And uh, shout out to, to my friend Mario because I know you're listening, dude, out in North Carolina. I see the stats. Outside of that, guys, hope all is well. Again, this is Alex Afondi, the acquisition entrepreneur, and um, going out with a bang. <laughs>